A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, aka Emma Gunns, and I'm delighted to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining me. It's part two of Ask Me Anything. I did an Ask Me Anything in the last episode, and there were too many questions for one episode, so I thought, let's let's make it into two. And I also did um, a little shout-out on Instagram saying... I've got room for a couple more questions and you didn't let me down. You never do, my most excellent listeners. You've come up with some great ones. So shall we crack on? Um, just housekeeping, any links to anything or anyone mentioned can be found in the show notes, which are wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode, which I appreciate you doing. The first one is um, about meditating because, and this was in response to what I just put up on Instagram, because I put up a post about how I had meditated in the park and how I felt very baller. Um, I do think if you if you meditate normally, or when I started out, I find it, I find it, I found, I would find a quiet space in my home and I would sit and meditate. Um, you don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor, you can sit on your sofa, you can sit on a chair, you can sit anywhere. And I really, really love going for walks in the morning. And I've started to incorporate at the end of my walk, I just sit on a bench under a tree and I do my 10-minute headspace meditation. So in answer to the question, what are you using to meditate? I use the Headspace app. Um, Andy Podicum has been on the show. You can find that up at the link to that in the show notes. And I find that such a useful resource because particularly this week I woke up on uh, when was it sorry there's a car outside beeping I think you need to stop not you carry on keep listening just the, the beeper outside I um woke up one morning this week and I was really agitated and there was no reason for it I was like mm, you slept seven hours which is decent for you um you didn't eat anything peculiar yesterday you haven't had alcohol but I just woke up quite agitated and irritated and so I thought, right, we have to we have to get this in check. So I went for a really long walk and did a lot of, you know, tried to inhale a lot of wonderful fresh air. But um, I really realised that I needed to use Headspace. And what it does for me on a day like that is it takes me down from like an eight and it just sort of resets me. It just means that, and it's because I've been doing it for a while, uh, the practice of meditation is that you can get to that space, you can get to that place where you feel calmer, where you feel more solid, where you feel more grounded a lot quicker. It's like building a muscle. And I woke up and I just thought, no, something's off. 
it's nothing, there's nothing to worry about, but you just need to make sure that you meditate. And I decided to do it on a bench, um, under a tree because I thought that that, I felt like it was like intense danger meditation. And I thought the stakes are high today. You really need to calm down. Something's off. And it was really beautiful. It was wonderful. So I use Headspace. The link will be in the show notes. And as I said, Andy Podicum, who is the co-creator of Headspace has been on the show before. If you go back through the feed, The other thing to note is that um, I have friends who just meditate by counting, by just really paying attention to their counting and their breath and they don't use an app or anything or they just particularly focus on a, or they think about a certain thing. You don't have to necessarily use an app. I know a friend who uses YouTube, there are some guided meditations. They're very, very, very easy to find. So if you are looking to meditate, if you want to begin, it's really, it's really worth doing for those days when you think, oh, not feeling so chipper today, something's off. And I know I definitely don't need coffee. I'm not going to exercise out of this. And I just don't have the time to really fix it in any other way. Meditation, 10 minutes can make all the difference. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, another question. This one came from Facebook. Okay. Do you like working freelance more than for a company slash magazine? Oh, yes. Um, a hundred percent without a doubt. Um, but the truth is I probably would never have tried to work for myself or freelance unless the situation hadn't been forced upon me as it was. I, well, I say forced upon me. I took voluntary redundancy from a job, but I was already at the place where I really wanted to leave. So, in many ways, I was very, very lucky because I just felt that I wasn't going to make any progress and there was no, I felt like it was, I couldn't move anywhere. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, so there's no point going over it, but I felt a little bit trapped. Um, and also I'll be really honest with you. I'm not great in an office environment. I'm not very good at playing office politics and I'm quite laser focused and I want things to be done the best that they, the best they can. And I'm not the easiest when I don't feel though as though everyone's pulling towards that same goal. I find it very, very frustrating. And I have a face that is incredibly expressive and you can read it. And in every single working environment, I've had people say to me, I have to, I can't look at you in meetings because I know you're trying not to, but your face is everything. Anyway, um, I also can't bear fecklessness or laziness and I should probably stop right there. But um, yeah, office environments, office is aren't my aren't my sort of place so actually working for myself has been really great because I don't have those frustrations anymore I don't have to worry about is is this that or the other and I know that makes me sound awful and I probably am but I think I was just always destined to work for myself or do short-term projects with people because that's where I think I add value when someone says oh Emma can you offer us insight on this and I say yes I can we work out a project and then away we go I do put a lot of effort into the works that the, the works that I do, the things that I do, and I I never intentionally half arse anything. Um, and it is that old thing of working your ass off for someone else versus working your ass off for yourself. The stresses of freelance life can be greater because the buck stops with you, um, and there's more jeopardy um, if you like in the in terms of the financial side of things. But the rewards are also more. Uh, um, there's greater satisfaction in the rewards. Um, but that's not to say it doesn't take a while to get used to it. I've been freelance now for seven and a half years. And I would say 
I would say that the first half of that was all absolutely winging it because I had assumed I'd just do what I've been doing on a magazine from home and that really, really didn't happen. Um, So there's been a lot of flying by the seat of my pants, getting by by the skin of my teeth, and there definitely wasn't a plan, but I'm I'm not sure a plan would have helped. It's a bit like, not that I know this from my own personal experience, but from friends' experiences where they say, I've got a birthing plan and then they go in, they're in labor and the nurses are like, or the midwives are like, okay then, because you don't know what's going to happen necessarily. So you can have a plan, but you have to be adaptable. And I think that's kind of how I feel when I look back at how I started in freelancing. There are things I would definitely do differently, but the idea of having some kind of plan is almost bonkers because you don't know what what's going to come your way. Um, and just to give you an example, within weeks of leaving the magazine, so this was a magazine I've been on for nearly 10 years and, you know, I knew exactly how everything looked. I knew exactly what to do for everything. Um, I was on tour with, I was backstage on, on the Cheryl Cole tour in the UK doing social media, um, backstage. <laughs> um, I was filming hair tutorials for a hair care brand. I was pitching stories for magazines, but that wasn't what I was doing six months later. So most of it was having to be really adaptable, but I ended up, if I look back, I was just panicking the whole time going, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh yeah, thanks. Okay, I'll come and do that too. Um, yeah, what, but I guess when I look back, the thing that changed everything and made me feel more secure within freelancing was having the podcast. So it's like the podcast actually almost became the backbone of everything, the core of my output. And even though it was over, even though it wasn't making money or it was costing money for two years before I even started to think about breaking even slash monetizing it really did become sort of like a a grounding thing Um, and I often think it must I guess when I before that point I would sometimes have brands that I would work with or something on a retainer basis for a contract of six to 12 or 18 months and that would be something of a backbone but you always knew it was coming to an end And I know a lot of my friends who are freelancers are like, I have my three big clients that I really look after. And then I I have several other brands or whatever, you know, whether that's writing for magazines or something that I kind of circulate around all of those. So I think there's something to be said for having an anchor, something that's very consistent. Um, But like I said, we talked about this on the last episode about the podcast not not making money to begin with and it kind of being... um, a big risk to start putting a lot of time and effort into something that I had no idea it was going to anything was going to happen with it <laughs> so there you go but if the person who asked this is asking the question because you're thinking about making the leap from working for a company to being self-employed then my advice would be to do it with the guidance of a business manager and or an accountant who can help you navigate the complicated stuff like taxes and expenses Um, because all of those things can be really stressful and it's a very steep learning curve and it's the stuff that you have limited if any exposure to when you're working for someone else and that can be the thing that trips you up or causes stress so my advice to anybody is take control empower yourself know what needs to be where when it needs to be done understand your outgoings your incomings all of that like the best thing you can do for yourself is understand all of that and it would be it's hard to learn it on your own so sometimes the investment of a business manager or an accountant is really the stress relief it offers is worth every single penny 
Okay, next question. Another, again, another working one. Do you find it easy to motivate yourself as you work from home? Do you get dressed for work, etc.? That's such a good question. It really is. Um, I have several tactics, I guess. I think one of them is definitely putting on makeup. Uh, because I guess if I don't wear makeup, I think I could just go back to bed. Um, yes, that's terrible, isn't it? Um, I really like to exercise first thing. So that's a get out of bed, put on my gym kit, go for a walk, go for a run, do a Davina DVD in the living room. I say DVD, I'm obviously streaming it. Do some yoga. And I try to I try to do something outside because I believe that fresh air is great for you, but essentially anything that gets your blood pumping. And I find it the best way to start my day. But I also sometimes wake up and I can tell if my brain's in the right space to just get on it, whether that's emails or pitching for podcast guests or writing, whatever it might be. So that's when I'll just jump on the computer and I will usually, honestly, just go down a sort of four or five hour solid working hole and that's when and then I'll think I'll look up and if I've got on the computer at like six o'clock in the morning I'll look at the clock at around midday and think oh you need to just stand up straight go for a walk and so I sort of flip the day um or or exercise whatever it might be that's obviously on a working from home day but I try to make sure that I'm out and about recording having meetings etc no more than three days a week they can be busy days, they can be full days, they can be a mixture of meetings, of podcasting, a bit of socialising. But I like my days from away from the home office to be really productive and to be meaningful. So I hate it if I ever go into town and say the day falls through, which can often happen, and you end up going in for one appointment. I can't, I get really agitated by that because it feels like a bit of a, it just feels like an expensive way to do business, <laughs> to just go in for one meeting and then come straight home. Um, even on days like that, I still try to exercise beforehand, but if there's just no time, then I'll plan the day so I can walk between appointments and you'd be surprised how easy it is to clock up 20,000 steps when you don't take public transport in London. Um, so yeah, (laughs) that's, that's one of my tactics to sort of still do work, but also be active. Um, a lot of my friends over the years have said, um, that they couldn't go freelance they were like I just wouldn't be able to motivate myself and my reply always is you'd be surprised how motivating it is once how motivating it is once the bills start coming in and I think you just have to trust yourself that you you can do it because you will do it you know you will do the work you will put in the effort and you have to have faith in your talent and your abilities and what you are able to offer um do you find it easy to motivate yourself well, another the next question is um, any advice on how to promote yourself and your skills when you're lacking in confidence and feeling like an imposter? And as long time listeners will know, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression while I was freelancing uh, in the early days of the podcast. It was about six months into the podcast um, starting. And if I think back to those days, I moved so much slower and was so... Blah, I did nap a lot. I just had no you know, I couldn't stand up straight. I was very heavy and very just slow moving. And it, and so it's a difficult one for me because it was not a difficult one for me. It's, it's when my confidence was low and I was clawing my way away from anxiety and depression, I definitely undersold myself and gave off zero confidence. And I can definitely think of instances where I felt that was taken advantage of 
where I felt that I was seen as a pushover or she'll come down on price or she's desperate she'll do that um and that doesn't feel good to think about or look back on um but my advice is not to deal with the ability to sell yourself but to do some work like to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and do some work on your confidence overall and then the rest will come so for me I saw an amazing therapist and working with her was transformational and very profound and I definitely saw the way I spoke and thought about myself change with her help so I guess what I'm trying to say is had I gone right I need to go to this meeting smash it pounded four espressos before I went in it's highly likely I could have crumbled either during the meeting or immediately afterwards but it was about building muscles so that I could deal with that sort of stuff and for me that was in therapy that was the thing that meant I could handle other situations um and in some cases that meant taking the risk and saying I don't want to work with you anymore because this dynamic sucks and if you want my skills then you not only have to pay for them but you have to respect me treat me with respect and if that's not possible if you can't do then do that then see ya and I know that's a risk but in my experience, and I can only share my experience and also the experience of my guests, and a lot of guests have said this, I ended up coming to the conclusion that those bad work environments are so draining and those people who you feel are taking advantage or really taking the mick out of you, whether that's a boss or a client, they can really pull you down and really batter you. So I honestly think that if you are able to free yourself from a bad situation, then something else will come along and fill that space and not just by magic, it's not just like, oh, I'll, I'll leave that job and another one will fall into my lap. Not by magic, but because you've put in the groundwork beforehand for years or however long and because you're good at what you do. I think it's about having faith in your abilities and your, your yeah, in you. Um, I, a couple of years ago, this happened to me and I remember going into work, I was on the train into this office and I dozed off, always a sign, always a sign if I doze off on the way to a meeting. <laughs> I know I can sleep, I can sleep on any public transport, on any kind of transport. Um, it's a skill. But I remember dozing off on the train on the way into London and waking up with a bolt, with a real shock, and just thinking, you're spending so much time thinking about this shitty job, and you're spending so much time in your head thinking about why this is such a shitty situation that you might not actually see a really great opportunity that could potentially fall into your lap because your brain is so focused on this other stuff, like there's office politics going on, the project's not going where you want it to be. So train got in, I walked to the office and I went in and quit. And I know that sounds very cavalier. And I'm not advocating high-risk living. <laughs> we all have bills to pay and we all security is a great thing. And sometimes we do have to hunker down and get on with it. But I think in answer to the question of advice on how to promote yourself and your skills when you're lacking in confidence, I do think it's about building those muscles. And I do think part of it is about if you feel that you're in a crappy situation, having the confidence in being able to remove yourself from it so that you will find a better one. Um, so I hope that that's a helpful answer. Um, or we can discuss this more. I, I do feel like this warrants getting a business expert or a confidence coach or someone on the podcast. So maybe that's worth um, exploring in a bit more detail with um, an expert or a guest. This is a great question. How are you planning for retirement if you are? It's on my mind a lot recently having turned 41. Well, as long time listeners will know, I'm 41 and three quarters. And so I was wondering when I read this question, I just thought, should I be thinking about retirement? 
And I was chatting to a few other friends in the industry about this the other day. And I've never even thought about retiring because at this point, I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. But I guess, again, going back to not having a plan when I started freelancing, I think I do need to think about a long-term plan so that as and when I do, I have something in place. And maybe, again, that's, that's really good fodder for another episode to get an expert on to actually maybe do a hand-holding session, a step-by-step of how to plan for retirement or what retirement should look like. Does anyone know? I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I think retirement looks like playing golf and I don't want to play golf I don't like golf that's the only when I think of retirement I think about playing golf uh because yeah because that's something that my father does and it's also something that other people I know who've retired don't know many women who've retired not a lot of men who've retired huh interesting anyway so again maybe that's another episode to explore like how does one retire can one even retire in the current climate like is that just something that the previous generation was the last generation to be able to really realistically do it hmm, interesting um and then in a similar vein well not in a similar vein but another question came in from a listener saying i would like to know what plans you have in the pipeline for the future career-wise and there is quite a lot in the pipeline in the moment but in the main My focus is all about the podcast and partly because I feel as though the show has evolved really nicely, thanks in large part to you, my most excellent listeners. So I'm really focusing on bringing more brilliant guests, covering more useful topics and just creating what I hope is a really useful, safe, trusted resource so that if you want to find out about the menopause, you think, oh, this is, this is the place I can do it. If you want to find out about body positivity, you think, oh, actually, I think a really good person will be on Emma's show, you know, all of that. So I'm trying to keep the topics varied, get really good quality guests on. So that's what's happening. And you might have noticed if you follow me on social media, which I hope you do, I'm at Emma Guns on pretty much everything. I've also started doing more video content, partly because I really enjoy it. And I get a lot of beauty related questions, even though I discuss a lot of topics on this podcast, my career for the most part has been as a beauty writer. And sometimes the questions I get, particularly about makeup, are much easier to answer via a visual medium. Um, And I've, but I've also started doing book reviews on the video, on the IGTV, the Instagram TV, which will sometimes be books that I featured the author on the show, or they might just be a bit of a review. So I talked about Sarah Wilson's book, First We Make the Beast Beautiful. And really just trying to keep it varied like the podcast. So if there's anything you want to see me do, whether it's on the podcast or it's on IGTV, then please do get in touch. Email me at thebeautypodcast.gmail.com or slide into my DMs. I'm at Emma Guns. And just tell me what you'd like to see. Um, Because I do, I really do. I have a a spreadsheet. You'd be so impressed. It's quite a whizzy looking spreadsheet. I've got highlights and colours and like special fonts and everything. Um, And every time I get an email... I literally cut and paste your email and put it into a ta- in, into a cell so that I don't forget it. So it might just be, for example, somebody has asked for a podcast on pain management for someone who's dealing with chronic pain. I have no idea to begin with that one. So I put that in my spreadsheet and then I go out and seek the right kind of guests. So there we go. Um, but all I would say is keep your eyes peeled. There is, there's a lot, lots of irons in the fire, all of that kind of stuff. So there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Another listener wrote in to say, I just listened to the podcast with NAF owner Tammy Kozlowski. It was brilliant. Do you have any tips on going it alone and starting your own business? What was the hardest lesson learned? And what is the one bit of advice you think invaluable? Well, first of all, I'm really, really glad that you enjoyed that episode with Tammy. I really like her and I'm full of admiration for what she's achieved with her business. She is really, really going places. Trust and believe. Um, We've been chatting on DM actually a bit recently because she was telling me about some things that have happened since she's been on the podcast. And honestly, that woman's trajectory is just incredible. She's, she's, and she's just such a fun person to hang out with. So next time she's in London, we're going to go for drinks. Anyway, I think one of the things that Tammy has used to her advantage is the entrepreneur program by the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, And we talked about that on the episode that she was on because they really nurture not only new businesses, but new business owners. So they, like I was saying earlier, it's all well and good to have a great idea, but it's really easy to trip up at the point of tax, for example, because you have to learn it for yourself and it's not the easiest. But what that program's done is that every time she's come up against any kind of hurdle or barrier, they can help or they can advise, or equally, they give you the knowledge before you reach those hurdles so that you know what to expect when they eventually happen. I mean, Tammy's business is very different from mine because she employs people and she has bricks and mortar, she has premises. So she has a lot more to deal with in terms of the things that she has to be aware of. So I think they've really, really helped her with that. So I think any of the, I'll put the link to the entrepreneur program in the show notes, but I think that's really, really brilliant. Otherwise, it's a really steep learning curve. And every single person I know who didn't have anyone who was able to handhold them has said, oh, God, in your second year of freelance, did this happen? Did that happen? And we've all kind of learned the hard way by sort of smashing up against a brick wall. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot to be said for a steep learning curve and making a mistake that you never make again. But equally, if I could go back seven and a half years, I would I would run up to the Royal Bank of Scotland Entrepreneur Programme and knock on the door like um, Dustin Hoffman at the end of The Graduate and say, let me in, let me in, and uh, make them help me. <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's a funny one starting your own business. What's the best piece of... I used to do this a lot. I think if I'm talking about inv- invaluable advice, I know a lot of people who've done this, and I definitely was guilty, and that's burying your head in the sand when it comes to finances and things like tax and then dealing with it in one go at year end and I'm very organized and I have always had all my receipts and everything but it meant just hours of inputting and spreadsheets etc etc and I think one of the most empowering things that I've done and anyone can do is take time to find an accountant and basically familiarize myself with that side of the business Um, so that's really my top piece of advice Um, whether you can get a business manager or an accountant or somebody that you can just get to talk you through it so that there are no surprises so that you feel that when you do get a letter you're not thinking oh I I don't understand so you feel as I said empowered okay moving on to health I want to know how to motivate myself into starting a healthier lifestyle and then a second question but similar is how do you stay moted and moted no how do you stay motivated and find the time to keep fit so I think this is when you have to ask yourself why you want to live a healthier lifestyle or why you want to be healthier are you currently feeling as though there are things you can't do because of your health and or fitness level or do you feel that you're you want to do it to future proof your health 
I think a why is incredibly motivating and incredibly helpful. And I think it's why I want to lose a bit of weight or I want to get into a certain dress can is one of those goals that it's easy to lose sight of because it's slightly woolly and it's not the easiest to measure. And it's, if anything, it's like, well, here's your goal and you've got two weeks to do it and it can be too much pressure. Um, And I also think it's really easy to think that being healthy looks a certain way. And usually the perception is that it looks like someone who has great gym gear, looks awesome when they work out and drinks protein shakes and the like. And the truth is it doesn't look like that. If you think about food advertising. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Food advertising, like the food often isn't food. And it's got chemicals on it or, you know, some kind of tar to make it look look juicier or nicer than the real thing. They are styled and they are inedible. And being healthy, if you look at Instagram, for example, you can look at somebody who looks really, really healthy and really, really fit and feel demotivated. But actually, being healthy can take the form of adding a walk around the block to your day four times a week. It doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be suddenly like, right, from January the 1st, I'm going to go to four spin classes a week and I'm going to do bums and tums every afternoon and I'm going to go for a run in the morning. Like, that's just too much. That's just too much. So choosing to do activities or eat well are actually a thousand little decisions, as Alexandra Hemmingsley said when she came on the podcast, that mount up to a significant change. So in my experience, making one big change, like suddenly deciding to go to the gym every day at 6am, is just unsustainable. But say you decide to stop having sugar in your hot drinks. That's one tiny decision. Um, and additionally, you decide to take the long, uh, take the long way to work or add a, add a walk into your commute. That's a tiny decision, but they all mount up. Maybe it's that at lunchtime, instead of having lunch al desco, you take a little walk around the block or you, um, yeah, take a little walk around the block. That or and, and also you decide, actually, I'm going to make sure that I drink a pint of water in the afternoon because I never drink water in the afternoon. I drink in the morning. And all of those little things mount up to a healthy lifestyle. And there's not a beautiful set of gym kit in sight. So I would say... I would say that's my answer to the idea of motivating myself to be healthier and and finding the time to do it. It's like figuring out what it looks like for you. And if someone says that's not very healthy, it's like, well, actually it really is, so bore off. <laughs> a question I get a lot at the moment is, has the face laser 
you used stop all your unwanted hair. Now, just to clarify, what this listener means is by face laser, she means the Philips Lumea IPL device. So that's intense pulse light that I use um, on my facial and body hair in order to treat it and reduce it. And I'm asked a lot, I would say probably, oh gosh, daily, at least daily on social media, is the Philips Lumea that I've talked about using getting results? And the answer is absolutely yes. But as I say to everybody, it only works if you use it consistently. And the best way to find out how to use it is via the episode I recorded with Dr. Stephanie Williams in collaboration with Philips, because she really simplifies how to use it, how to get the best results and why it works. And I think, yeah, it's really obvious. You turn it on, you you do the patch test, and then you point it and you click it and you on the bits where you want your hair to be removed. That's obvious. But sometimes I think how it works, and Stephanie explains it really beautifully, in that the intense pulse light, the light is attracted to the pigment in the hair, and if and it then destroys, kills, weakens the follicle, so that when a new hair grows, it's not as strong, and you have to do that consistently over time until eventually that follicle just goes, you know what, peace out, this is too much like hard work, I'm out of here. She explains it in a far more technical fashion than I just did. But what I'm saying is sometimes understanding the how then makes the application more meaningful. So you're like, okay, I understand what I'm doing here, and that's why I need to do it every week or it's actually every fortnight, but you can set an alarm. I would really advise that if you start using it to set an alarm on your phone so that you get a little alarm every two weeks saying, you need to do your IPL. And it's different for everybody. So some people will see really, really good results in eight weeks. Some people will see good results, but not as good as the other person. And some people, my hair's quite stubborn. And when I spoke to Stephanie, she said it could be because of PCOS and hormone issues that you've had. And I haven't been consistent with it recently, so I need to really get back on it. But actually, one of the reasons I've been a bit scared about using it is because it's um, been so hot in the UK and it's been so, the sun has been so strong. And it obviously sensitizes your skin. And you're not really supposed to go in the sun when you're doing a particularly professional treatment. So I'm I'm backing off and I will get back into it now that it's slightly gloomier. it's not gloomy. It was a beautiful day today. It did rain a bit, but it, it's, it was beautiful at, for some points in the day. It's just a bit cloudier. Anyway, so the key is consistency. And if you really are interested, I know that the Philips Lumet is a considered purchase. It's not inexpensive, but when you compare it to getting salon treatments and clinic treatments, etc., it really is good value. But the thing that you're what you're not paying for with the Lumea is somebody to do it for you. So you have to be really strict with yourself and say, you know what, every other every other Monday evening at 8pm, I'm going to watch such and such a show. I'm going to watch How to Get Away with Murder and do my, my legs <laughs> and do my underarms. You have, to, you have to think about it like that and you have to make it a quite a rigid commitment. And that's when you'll begin to see results. And Stephanie explains it brilliantly in that, in, in that episode. So I'll put the link in the show notes. Another beauty question. What is your favourite foundation? I'm sick and tired of buying foundations and being disappointed and having a beauty bag full of not even half used bottles that I'm never going to go near again. That is frustrating. That is frustrating. It really depends what your desired finish is. Do you want a dewy glowy finish, a matte full coverage, a buildable medium coverage, do you prefer stick, fluid, powder, mineral or tinted moisturizers? It really depends on the finish that you like. 
And I'm publishing this episode in September 2019. And I am currently doing a series of IGTVs where I review foundations because right now dozens of foundations are launching every single day. I'm getting an email saying such and such a brand is launching a new foundation available in 40 shades. I think um, Fenty has been really responsible for people realizing they need to broaden the shade range and be far more inclusive. Thank you very much about time. And so lots of brands are coming out with more, uh, more shades and more, more variants, more varieties, more finishes, etc. So I'm doing a series of IGTV that started off with the Charlotte Tilbury Airbrush Flawless Foundation. Um, so if you're keen to see all of that, then really please do head over to Instagram where I'm at Emma Guns and look at the IGTV. But I would say if you like, these are my personal preferences. If you like light to medium coverage with a dewy finish, so something that could pass as your own skin, just better. I personally love MAC Face and Body, and I think that's a good value foundation for the quality of product. I love Charlotte Tilbury Light Wonder Foundation, and I've recently started using the Surat Dew, Dew, the Surat Dew Drop Foundation, and I think all three of those are absolutely excellent. The Surat is not inexpensive. It's £70. So it's a considered purchase, but it is very, 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 very good. So if £70 doesn't make you blush or get a little bit hot on the back of your neck, then try it out. But if it does, definitely steer yourself towards the MAC face and body. If you like a more buildable, sort of medium coverage, then I've just started using the Milk Makeup Flex Foundation and think it's great. And I actually tried the Fenty Pro Filter Hydrating Foundation, and it's really lovely, really, really lovely, actually. And it, um, it's long wear. It's long wear, and it's really, really good. Um, I also really rate the Bobbi Brown Foundation Stick and the Skin Foundation. Both those formulas are really, really excellent. Very blendable, very skin true. They look, they're very flattering. They've got the tones in them that make your skin just look like really healthy, a really healthy version of your own skin especially if you get colour matched. Listen to the episode with Amy Conway from a few weeks ago. Uh, she's uh, one of the Bobbi Brown senior makeup, or no, she Bobbi Brown pro makeup artist. And she talks about colour matching and getting the right shade and the benefits um, of colour matching. And so that I think we basically we were saying that sometimes it's tempting to go a couple of shades darker or a little bit darker, but actually it doesn't look skin true and your skin won't look as good. So listen to that episode if you want to find out about matching, because I think her advice is brilliant. Um, if you want a full coverage foundation that does not budge, well, you're probably already wearing Estee Lauder double wear foundation, because I think it's probably, I think it's sold like something every four seconds around the world. It's the biggest selling foundation globally it's just it's loved and people who use it absolutely adore it but I've also got a lot of time for Charlotte Tilbury airbrush flawless foundation if you want that kind of finish I think they're very similar in proposition so if you're a big fan of Estee Lauder double wear fancy a bit of a change fancy a new bottle in your makeup bag give this I'd be interested to know what you think of the Charlotte Tilbury airbrush flawless and equally if you haven't tried a full coverage but it's something that you want then either of those are really really excellent choices again as i said the charlotte tilbury i've reviewed on igtv my personal preference as i said the the kind of foundation i wear all the time is the kind of light to medium um coverage and then let's not forget sheer coverage where you just want something that'll ramp up your skin and then you probably use a little bit of concealer and for me personally 
the um, Body Shop Insta Glow Bright CC Cream. It's utterly brilliant. I use the Peachy Glow, which is peachy, but there's also Bright, which is more sort of lilac. And you can wear it alone or under foundation, and it does a lovely job. It's a truly excellent product, and it also has an SPF of 20. I also quite like the Chanel Water Tint Foundation, Um, but again, it's it's a high-priced product. I think the Body Shop one is under £15. It's great. It's absolutely great, and it lasts ages. I buff that into my skin, the peachy glow sometimes, and then just color correct or use a bit of concealer under my eyes and I find that that's all I need for particularly if my skin's not playing up it really is at the moment so it's medium coverage all the way another question here I've only just started to follow beauty on social media after listening to your podcast who should I be following Ooh, this is such a great question well I'm delighted that you're now uh, following beauty stuff on social after listening to the show that's lovely to hear um okay for skincare I'm going to go with people who talk about skincare rather than brands that you should follow. So for skincare, it has to be Caroline and Nadine. Caroline Hirons and Nadine Baggett. Not only do they have great content, and they really do, like uh, Caroline's website, the blog, is absolutely brilliant. Her cheat sheets on things like acids and retinol are unmissable if you're a beauty fan or if you just want to really build a good beauty regime. But both Caroline and Nadine are excellent at answering questions personally and responding to comments. So whether that's on Instagram or in their Facebook groups, they're really good. Actually, Caroline's brilliant in her Facebook group. Nadine is excellent on um, YouTube and Instagram at getting back to people. So I would really, really recommend that. And um, I know I, whenever I hang out with Nadine, she'll always be like, oh, someone's just DM me a picture of their skin. Hang on, I just need a couple of minutes to... Um, get back to them about what they need to be using so they are really really good um they're they're excellent resources if especially if you feel a bit confused about what's going on in terms of oh i've i've just seen that there's a new product launching and apparently i need this but but why is it better than what i'm using they're very good at addressing newness in the landscape of what already exists um Someone I really love following on social who has a really good mixture of content, whether it's beauty, lifestyle, food, etc., is Anna Newton. So the Anna Redder. And she's also just a brilliant person. She's like the nicest person you'll ever meet. If I had had a child, I would want her to have grown up to be like Anna. And then when I see her, sometimes I'm like, I want you to be my little sister. She's just very, very nice, decent human being. And she even did a brilliant post uh, recently. Her blog's incredible and her newsletter's really good where it's sort of how to budget for a mortgage and things like that and her book um the anna redder is is it called the anna redder i think i've got that wrong it's in the other room i can't look at the spine anyway her book is absolutely brilliant so i really highly recommend all of anna's content to be honest sign up to her newsletter do everything for makeup tutorials i cannot sit here and not mention sam chapman and nick haste they are so good i i am mesmerized by all of their content and nadine and i were talking this week about how every time sam posts a picture on instagram we just want to wolf whistle at it because she's just so gorgeous and nick yesterday did a video uh doing khaki makeup and i watched it twice whilst eating a meal that i had cooked from her husband's recipe book which made me feel like a stalker and then when I went back to go and like clean the kitchen and put my food away it said underneath the recipe this is my wife's favorite meal and I thought okay so I've watched her video twice twice while eating a meal that Ian has designed that she loves they're gonna put a 
restraining order out I didn't mean to be they're just brilliant brilliant content um, content and their makeup tutorials are just so good I've learned I have learned and I learned so much from every single one that they do even if it's just they they are just full of all the most amazing tips so I really highly recommend them then there's Nikki makeup I know a lot of people in the Facebook group love watching her insta stories on a Sunday where she will do a step-by-step of doing someone's makeup and it's unbelievably mesmerizing and hypnotizing it's just absolutely brilliant her makeup is incredible and she's just done this week victoria from in the fro she did her wedding makeup and victoria looked unbelievable so she's just a hugely talented makeup artist and i really like nikki as well um she's done some beautiful stuff on alex steiner actually as well then there's lisa potter dixon who who is like the chaotic beauty makeup artist because she's like right you do this you do that and I love I love hanging out with Lisa for that reason and Hannah Martin every time she is doing a live or doing stories where she's doing her makeup I'm just almost like find myself dribbling because I just want to get a little bit closer to the screen so if you like makeup tutorials then those are my those are my absolute favorites who else does a really good makeup tutorials there are so many but those are the ones I'm stopping at because otherwise I'll literally go on 45 minutes um for fashion and beauty I think um I mean she's she's waited more with beauty but Alex Steiner I enjoy her feed and she's been on the show before um I love Alex Light and she's got a great mix of beauty with fashion with lifestyle and her main subject she's been on the podcast talking about it is body positivity and um really talking about coming back from her eating disorder and she's really good at putting content out there to make you realize that you are constantly being bombarded with some pretty noxious messages and she just keeps it very real I think she's got a beautiful tone I think she talks about the body positivity movement in a really intelligent way um not in a it's gonna sound terrible but not in a faddy way in a very kind in a very intelligent way I really like how she talks about it so those are the people that I would recommend just off the butt who else am I forgetting somebody Ruth Crilly I'd recommend that you follow I'd recommend that you follow Lily Pebbles especially if you are an expectant or new mum because she's got a lot of content up there at the moment around baby grey and it's really sweet and I'm not a parent or expectant parent but I find her content around grey and like all the stuff to do with the interiors in the nursery I just find it I find it really watchable yeah, there are loads of people. I'm definitely forgetting people. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. Um, oh, this is a great question. Any good books for people who aren't book lovers but want to read more? And I really, really thought about this because I thought, oh gosh, well, reading is so subjective and the topics that you enjoy are so personal to you sometimes. And I could say Dan Brown. Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code because let's face it that's a that's a real page turner that is designed he's done a brilliant course on masterclass where he talks about how to write that kind of um, fiction and it's formulaic and it is start the chapter like this hook them in like this and then end the end the chapter so that the reader wants to read the beginning of the next chapter so it's very formulaic but I thought okay that aside what would I recommend to somebody who wants to get into reading more but and I'm very much like this and I find every time I've had a bit of a lull and I haven't been reading I have to read an autobiography so finding someone that you really really like or want to know more about so at the moment I've got Burt Reynolds autobiography on in my pending pile 
And I also couldn't help myself. I have only bought it on Audible, on audiobook, partly because he reads it, but also because because it's Corey Feldman's autobiography and it's called Choreography. (laughs) And that alone made me use up one of my Audible tokens because I just just respected the uh, play on words there. I really, really enjoyed that. So yes, and if you want to start with an autobiography, I really highly recommend Past Imperfect by Joan Collins. She's an excellent writer. I think she's written all of her autobiographies because she doesn't just have one. And it's so, so good. She's such a good writer. So yeah, find somebody that you really, really like who has written an autobiography. And it's sometimes hard to tell if they've used a ghostwriter. Another really good one if you like rock music. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast were very excited about all of the rock video links I was sharing on social recently, which are saved to highlights, incidentally. Anthony Kiedis' autobiography, he did write it with a Rolling Stone journalist, but that's a really interesting, it's kind of, it's pretty raw, but it's very detailed. That's a really interesting autobiography. And who else is autobiography? I do have Michelle Obama's on my reading pile and I keep wanting to start it, but I've got so many books that I'm reading at the moment for podcast guests and for future topics that I keep thinking, I don't want to dip in and out of it. I just want to gorge on that one. Another person to, and I'm sorry, I keep talking about Anna Newton. She's really good at sharing the books that she's reading and she reads a lot. So if you're not sure and you want a bit of inspiration, also check out her feed. But I would start with autobiographies or just something that you have a passion about, even if it's, I don't know, even if it's a book on creative writing. I've got a book on creative writing that I... um read in a day or on a bench outside because I was like I really want to read this it's not very long sometimes it's about a quick win so maybe find a short little book that you can you know that you'll get through really really quickly um how many times a week do you work out and then this is a brilliant quest supplementary question are you seeing results <laughs> so I try to do something active every single day and that being brutally honest with myself and with you I felt as though I needed to revisit all of this after I had Laura Biceps on the show Laura Hoggins on the show because I've always I've always known that it would be good that it's good for me to work out every day but I but I would be I am one of those people who says I don't really see results And I was chatting to her about it the other day and I'm just trying to scroll through my messages um, because I've had a bit of a break from exercise uh, recently. And what did she say that was brilliant? I said, I've realized after I when I was reading your book, I realized that I've been moving and exercising without any agenda, without any specific goal. I've just been going, well, if I run, I will lose weight. If I run, my core will be a bit tighter. If I run, my legs will be stronger. But it's all very woolly. There's nothing to find. And she came back to me and she said this, which I thought was really interesting. Random movement and exercise is just energy expenditure. Tiring ourselves out doesn't help us. We want to build strong foundations and improve our, and improve our body composition. So moving forward... I want to try and have a plan so that I can see results, whether it's just that I notice that my cardiovascular fitness improves, whether I see a bit more definition in my legs. My legs are are load-bearing, lumpy, undefined legs. And I would love to see a bit of calf muscle pop through and a little bit of the uh, 
thigh fat minimize. So I think I keep healthy. I think I I exercise a lot, but I just it's that realization when I was reading her book. Actually, Emma, you're not getting you're not getting any kind of results. You're just kind of doing it, hoping that you think that if you go for a run four to five times a week, that you're going to look great. But actually, you have to have a bit more of an agenda. So, in answer to your question, I try to do something every day. I try to um, on days when I would rest, I would still walk. Um, but I try to get my heart rate up for over 130 BPM for 30 minutes or more, um, at least four to five times. Uh, four to five times a week, I think is fair. But yes, in terms of seeing results, that's a great part of the question. And the answer is, it's obviously not doing me any harm, but it's not, I'm not measuring. And that's something that I need to start doing. So watch this space because I'm going to get Laura back on the show to talk in more detail about fitness and and getting results in the gym. So we can have a bit more of a chat about that. And then hopefully I'll be able to share some results on social media. Um... Tips for starting to look for a job. I'm freshly out of school and very lost and I want to work in PR. I can't even imagine what it must be what it must be like now to try and look for a job because the landscape is so so different from how it was for me when I left university 20 years ago now. Gosh, I'm old. Um so I thought long and hard about how to answer this and I thought, oh, I I'm going to do some research and come up with some websites. And actually, I think the most useful thing that I can do for anybody who's in this situation or for anybody who knows somebody in this situation is to get a careers advisor on or to get somebody who specializes in dealing with graduates or dealing with people going into the workplace for the first time and the advice that they recommend. So this is really just me saying, please watch this space because I think me doing some research and sharing links with you could potentially be helpful but I think the thing that will be most helpful is having somebody who deals with this every day who um, understands how to steer you towards the career path that you want because I, I literally have no idea and I wouldn't know where to begin and I wouldn't want to steer you in the wrong direction so let's do the right thing and steer you in the right one um so I will get an expert on for that. And that really does bring me to the end of the Ask Me Anything. But what I would say is, if you have any questions, and I know we've answered a lot, particularly career, in this particular, in these two Ask Me Anythings, please do get in touch. But more importantly, if there are topics or areas that you feel you really want to know more about, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, whether it's career, whether it's beauty, whether it's business, if there are any topics that you feel you want to know you want to learn more about and a google search isn't giving you what you want then let me know because i will find an expert and i will get them on and i will get them to provide i will hopefully have a conversation with them that will be a helpful resource for you so in order to do that email me on the beauty podcast at gmail.com or please go into my dms on social media i'm at emma guns on instagram and twitter or you can and always have the option to join that facebook group the link to join will be in the show notes and that Facebook group, please answer the three questions. They're multiple choice. You just have to click the options. But if you don't answer all three questions, I've got a strict policy. I won't let you in. So please just answer the questions. That's all I'm asking. And you can join. There are thousands of other listeners of the show in that group. And they're really supportive and helpful of each other. Because obviously they're excellent. They're my, my listeners, my most excellent listeners. So please do go in there, but just keep in touch. And if I'm going to ask one final thing of you, well, maybe two, <laughs> 
I have two things. One is if you enjoy the show and you haven't yet, I'd be really delighted if you could share it with your friends. Just tell tell people about it and get them listening. That would be really kind of you. Or you can always leave a review if you have the option. I'd be so grateful. It really does help a podcast like mine stand out on these massive platforms. So if you get the option to leave a five-star review or a couple of sentences about what you enjoy about the show, I would be, be I would be so grateful for that support. Thank you so much for your questions. Thank you so much for listening. Please do get in touch. This show is all about you. Um, even though in this episode I've talked a lot about my experience, but this show is all about you and about providing you with the information, resources and entertainment that you will find useful, helpful or just plain distracting. (laughs) I am delighted to have spent this time with you. Thank you so much. I will see you on the next one. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.